Hi, here is Florian with a new podcast guest. Uh, today we have here Dr. Pero Mizic, founder and CEO of the Future Management Group. So, Pero, how's it going? Hi, I'm fine. Hope you're too. <laughs> yes, I'm too. So, um, my first question is, uh, what is future for you? Well, the future is the future is um, well the 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 space and time uh, in which we all will be living and spend the rest of our lives. Uh, so the future is the time before us. And uh, if you dig deeper, then you realize that there is not just one future and not just one kind of future, but uh, several ways to look at the future. I call them the five futures glasses. So we have to differentiate if we talk about the the probable future, the surprising, the shapeable, creatable future, the desirable future, or the planned future. So uh, future needs to be differentiated more than we usually do. And you you founded uh, the company Future Management Group. So uh, what was the motivation to do that? Uh, I had several motivations for that. Uh, first, I always wanted to be a an entrepreneur. Uh, I decided that when I was maybe 13 or 14 years old. Uh, second motivation was a fascination by the future, by all the cool stuff that was about to come, uh, but that didn't come that fast as promised. And the third fascination was to make good decisions with help of uh, methodology. And putting all those three fascinations and disciplines together, um, I came up with uh, the idea of bridging the gap between people who lead organizations and people who talk, think, and write about the future. Because those futurists and the leaders, they do not really understand each other very well. Um, so that's why I thought about, well, if there is something like change management and innovation management, then there should be something like future management, which is dealing with the future in the heads of people as a leader. Cool, cool. So how often would you recommend to think about the future? I would reserve a certain part of our thinking and of our consciousness and of our brain um, to the future on a constant basis. So um, if, you, if you think about an organization, they need to organize, they need to reserve time, they need to come together and do a workshop, a session, a meeting, whatever. But as a person, you should, you should dedicate more parts of your consciousness, more parts of your awareness to the future. Because if the future is not important, then you tend to make bad decisions in the present. Mm -hmm. So if I think about the future, there's like, for me, there are like uh, several parts. There's like the future coming next week, and then there's the future next year, and there's the future in 10 years. Uh, do you, in your in your thinking, in, in your methodology, do you include all of them or do you all focus more on a specific uh, time frame? The companies that we work for, the people that we work for, they usually have a time horizon that is, uh, by nature, um, a year, two or three. So we start with a future more far out. 
um, in in a very fast business, five years is, is very far out. In a very slow business like energy, um, then 10, 15, 20 years is far out. But we do use the concept of, of those uh, multiple horizons, which is the horizon one which is the future projects and the future opportunities that you uh, work on today in the present. And the second horizon is where you are learning about. Um, so you might be learning about uh, 3D printing or, well, have been learning about for 30 years, but it's still out there for, for some companies um, just to be, to be observed and learned about. Uh, it's, it's not yet here. And in the third horizon, this is the, the really long-term horizon where you think about um, things where you maybe know the term, know the word, like the spatial web, the next phase of the Internet, and, uh, but there's no action to be taken right now. So the, the different time horizons is a, is a good way to prioritize what you think about and, and work on. And uh, in, a, in a private life as a person, then you were talking about planning, which is different. So the, the time horizon of a week is, is maybe the, the, the smallest, the shortest um, interval of time that you sh should uh, plan for and think about. Um, and then a year is the next one, maybe, and then a decade is, is a third. But that's different from the companies that we work for. Yeah, fascinating. Um, it makes absolutely sense what you say that like companies are uh, depending on their on their business model and their on their field are more like uh, in in years perspective and um, and more short term. Um, what I always uh, find fascinating is if uh, companies or persons uh, go into the direction of the impossible, like. There's like the, the range of possible things to do. Like for VW, it's, it's de definitely possible to, to build a normal different car with a, just like a similar engines like them before, but it's going into the, the range of, uh, of closer to impossible to, to write a really, build a really good electric car. And before Elon Musk, it was uh, seen as impossible to write, to build a really good uh, electric car. Uh, uh, car, um, would you say there's there's like it's it would be a, a smart for a company to go more into the direction of the impossible part for a really long term vision, um, or would you say it's 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 how it goes right now? It makes sense to go more um, short term and just keep the horizon and as a on a on a on the map. If we want to be very precise with the terms, then impossible means physically impossible, which is, uh, at least for now, beaming. This is physically impossible. Um, everything else is possible future. Um, so we have a, a sequence. First, we have possible futures, physically doable. Um, the second is plausible, which is it would make sense um, to do it, or it would make sense for it to happen. Um, and then we need to think about what is the probable future, which is what would I bet money on will be different in the future, and what would I bet money on will be the same in the future. This is the, 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 the category of the probable future. I call this the blue futures glasses, which is like for a captain on a ship, 
it's the sea and the weather which is blue you can change the weather you cannot change the streams and you cannot change the winds but you can make assumptions about them the second way to think about the future is about the surprises and whereas the probable future has always been in in um, in mobility that there will be some time where electric motors and electric um, uh, uh, drivetrains will be the better solution because it's technically the most efficient and the most simple solution and the most powerful solution and the most sustainable. Um, but the probability was was increased by some by a team at Tesla that really took the probability to a whole new level because they said we want to accelerate we want to accelerate the transition to sustainable transport and this means we're increasing the probability not by manipulating something but just by by using an entrepreneurial approach to advance this kind of technology. So this is about probability. Then we have the surprising. And surprising was for most other um, car makers um, that there, there, there came someone that surprised them with the speed, by the speed and by the quality of the electric drivetrain that Tesla had. And up maybe just up to recently they were laughed at they were underestimated um and now uh we see an entire global industry uh being chased by a small pretty much small company like tesla so this is about the surprising future you don't believe it that it will happen but it happens anyway so this is about the black swans and uh, even the, the Greek 2,500 years ago, they knew that it's likely that something unlikely is going to happen. Um, and still, all this is, is, is within the possible uh, sphere and not the impossible, because if, if it's impossible, it's not going to happen. The third way to look at the future um, is the opportunities. So this is what you can do. And the team at Tesla in 2003, they saw the opportunity and they seized the opportunity and started the business. The fourth category of future is the preferred future. So what do you want? And using the example of Tesla again, what they want is a future of mobility that is sustainable, more sustainable than, than with fossil fuels. And the fifth category is the planned future. and then they planned for producing their first car. They were founded in 2003. The first car came in 2008. So they had um, a, a very ambitious plan to produce the first car, which was a sports car. Yeah, and the, it's a really good example, Tesla, because probably everyone knows it from now. Um, because you're also working a lot with, with, with companies and help them to, to get their ship in the right direction. Do you see also different, uh, the same effects having and or will have be happening in different fields, like a surprising, surprising direction where everyone else follows them? Uh, we are seeing this. We, we, well, we, we can stick to Tesla or at least to Elon Musk. If we look at SpaceX. SpaceX was founded in 2003 too, um, and in just 10 years, they managed to conquer two-thirds of the commercial space travel, um, just simply by 
by applying simple principles, by reuse of the rockets, um, and by being agile and innovative and being a private company, whereas all the others were state-run companies, um, public companies, and they did not really care very much for efficiency. And so SpaceX surprised all the others um, with their agility and, and with their cost advantage. So taking a really capital-intensive industry and conquering two-thirds of the market share, which is a huge market um, of commercial uh, uh, space travel and space flight this is really this is really impressive so the surprises is something that every person and with people the companies do not really look at um, sufficiently that's why we do war games with companies so we um, help them to to imagine what their competitors, real competitors or imagined competitors, nightmare competitors could do to them, how they could be surprised by the moves of others. And uh, is, does this also count for the long term or is it more for um, um, dangerous, which could happen today and tomorrow? Well, if you really think through the concept of surprise, then there is no time horizon. Uh, so a surprise could happen uh, in a minute, or it could happen in 10 or 100 years from now. Um, the only measure that we need to apply is um, plausibility and technical feasibility. So um, nobody's going to surprise us with, um, let's say, beaming as a, as a means of travel, um, because most likely, very likely, it's not going to be here um, in the course of the next 10 or 20 years. But surprises usually do not have a time horizon. So you, you need to look at possible surprises um, without, um, without assessing the probability. That's what um, people in risk management um, make as a mistake, to my mind. Um, And we need we need to look at it in terms of uh, of impact. Will it impact? Will it have an impact on our market, on our company, if someone else comes up with a solution that's ten times better or ten times cheaper? Yeah, but uh, if you say surprises, and let's stick to uh, Tesla as example, like it, Tesla, ex like it was, uh, everyone did know what they wanted to do, and how how you said they just laugh at them. And yeah. the surprise came a bit in the last years that they got so successful that um, the other companies felt um, pressure to go in the same direction. Right. Um, so it's and like if you if we watch other German um, car makers, um, Mercedes was heavily invested in Tesla. Like they they kept them afloat at a certain point and uh, had a bigger stock package. Uh, at Tesla, 10%, on yeah. Tesla, ten percent, and sold it years ago and made a big profit on that. So, um, would would you say um, the the uh, the 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 companies should learn a bit more about what you could do to to better be be the surprise than being surprised? Um, well, the. Tesla was not really a surprise because Tesla um, published a master plan in 2006, which is 14 years ago. Yeah. And, and the master plan um, pretty much um, laid out what, 
what what they were going to do. Um, the surprise was was not so much in uh, will they do it and would they do it. The surprise for the the traditional car manufacturers was um, that they really meant it and they really managed it to 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 implement and to produce those those cars and the systems and the energy storage business um, so, so fast and so well so um, here comes another factor which is um, human psychology if you have a, a a good a nice a profitable traditional car business like Mercedes or BMW VW Audi and all the others um, then you tend to to uh, form your assumptions the way you would like the future to be, which is, um, oh no, people are not going to buy those electric cars because of range anxiety. Um, they will be too expensive. They will not be. They will not be uh, fast, um, and so on. So they were not really taking it seriously. This was, um, and so the the surprise was that it that it came out that it turned out to be different um, than they thought. Do you think this happens quite often or do you think uh, the companies are mostly more right than wrong in this, in this way of thinking about the future? Well, um, the entire concept of, of, of disruption is, um, is about companies who underestimated new competitors that were um, laughable at first, um, whose products were laughable at first and underperforming at first. Um, so underestimating the new competitors really is the concept of, of, uh, of disruption, um, especially when it comes to, to demonetization of the business, uh, making the same thing a lot uh, less expensive. But um, is there a way to to escape that? Is there a way to, to um, well, not uh, tap into this trap? Yes. Uh, the, the, the core concept is what we call um, focusing on the effects that people buy. So um, Clayton Christensen called it the job to be done, but this is, this is um, not emotional enough. Uh, what, what do people really buy when they buy a car? Of course, they buy transport from A to B, but they uh, sure um, also buy some kind of image. They, they buy some kind of, um, of uh, prestige or something. And um, when people, um, when people uh, decide which things they buy, then they do not care about the technology. They, they care about the effect. So um, we will be uh, traveling from A to B in a couple of years, five years, ten years from now, with autonomous vehicles that we do not own. So our A to B transport um, will be the same thing that we buy, but we will do it completely differently. Uh, today, we do not buy CDs and, and, and cassettes and, and uh, tapes. What we buy today is we, we rent the music that we listen to. So we, we subscribe to a streaming service, but we still buy the same thing, which is enjoyment of music. Yeah. And if you focus on the real effect that people buy um, and uh, 
get yourself out of the biases that we usually have towards our own solutions and our own products, then you can be a little bit safer than with just focusing on your products and your competencies. Yeah. Do you have a, also a different example of, or do you have an example from a German, a German company um, which uh, successfully um, implemented this or followed yeah. this advice? Yeah, there is a client of ours um, called Varema. Uh, Varema uh, is a manufacturer or saw themselves as manufacturers of sunshades. And uh, if you are in the sunshade business, then uh, the sun is something negative and there's only one thing that you do. But if you focus on the effect that people really buy is also not just to prevent yourself from being exposed uh, to the sun, but also to use the sun. So um, we help them to position themselves as the sunlight managers. And as a, with a positioning as a sunlight manager, um, they first totally differentiated against their competition. And second, you're changing, you're changing the entire understanding of the business because with, with uh, sunshades, you do not go to Sweden or Norway to do business, but with sunlight management, you do. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so just, just simply uh, changing the perspective on the effect that people buy uh, simply by that you can, really uh, boost your business and really safeguard your business yeah it makes makes absolute sense it's a really nice example and uh do you, do you guys also help them to um to transform their business in the right direction um because if you have this new vision do we want to be a, a, a managed the sunlight management um company um There's probably also an, a certain transformation in the thinking of the people and the thinking and the direct the whole direction of the company needed. Yeah, sure. Uh, so w we work in three phases. Phase one is future orientation, which is about scenarios and assumptions of the future um, and possible surprises. The second is future strategy development, which is uh, knowing who you are, what your mission is, your purpose, your positioning, your vision, and your business model for the future. And the third is make future strategy work, uh, which is help your people, your team understand, buy, and support your new uh, strategy for the future. What we do not do is um, uh, do those huge change and transformation projects because um, first, we don't think they're really needed if you do the first part really well. And second, you have tens of thousands of consultants and change managers um, whose job this is. So yeah, we, 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 don't wanna, we don't want to compete with all of them. Yeah, makes sense. So we already talked a bit about the first phase that you explained a bit of different um, classes you should watch the, the um, future through. And the second one, you said you help them with a business model. Um, what, what's your method there? Like what's uh, a really... Um, a, a successful method you use to help your your customers um, in terms of methods and tools um, there are several but one is that that we use a, a model for business models um, we can we can thank uh, mr. Osterwalder for starting off the idea of a canvas yeah um, but uh, 
to to my mind this canvas is too simple it's good for startups it's good for really simple um, simple models but if you uh, deal with a grown-up company with a traditional bigger business uh, even with businesses like Tesla this is not enough yeah. um, so we have our own model for business models um, and what we use is what we call meta opportunities Meta opportunities are um, patterns, uh, strategies, ideas, concepts that successful companies have used to succeed, uh, one being uh, good enough. So again, Tesla, um, the, 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 the panel gaps of Tesla cars were bad, uh, but they were good enough for those people who really wanted an innovative car. Um, even if Mercedes laughed at the panel gaps, um, people bought the Teslas, or some people at least bought the Teslas. So good enough is one. Good enough has also been used in the music business because the MP3 was good enough. Yeah. And if it was not as good as a CD, uh, same with cameras and pictures. The smartphone pictures were and are good enough, although they're not as good as those uh, uh, taken with professional cameras. So one of those is good enough. The other is lock in, which is um, how can you um, how can you acquire customers and then make the money with supplying them with material or software that they need on a constant basis. Um, and so there are a couple of hundred of those meta opportunities that you can use to um, go through all the innovative strategies that companies in the world have used. So, so you, so you um, track the status of the company and um, cluster the, the certain things they have, and then you uh, evaluate the certain parts and then help them to shape their strategy. Right, right. So it's like it's like playing with cards. So you you take an, an existing business um, and then go through all the meta opportunities and uh, ask yourself, can I apply good enough to this company? Can I apply lock-in to this company? Can I apply community management to this company? Um, so this is how you do it. Cool. Um, what, like, do you have like um, certain information you can recommend where you um, um, have an overview of the, the past um, experience of, of, of all the companies you, you mentioned? Uh, yeah, you can work with us. Uh, <laughs> it's something. It's 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 something we don't publish. Um, but uh, on my YouTube channel, I tend to share some of those. Yeah, cool. Um, the the opportunity you have, you, you see a lot of different companies, and you work with them together. So, where do you expect to be the German economy uh, in ten years? Uh, probable or desired? Let's do both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, probable is um, relatively weaker compared to Asian um, economies uh, than today. Um, weaker, most likely weaker than uh, when compared to the US. Um, Is that good? No. Yeah, it's, it's why, definitely. Why I say why I say probable? Because if I had to bet money on it, yeah, 
this is this is how how, how I see it. Yeah. If I if I put on my yellow glasses, which is for the vision for what I would like to, for what my preferred future for Germany would be, um, then <laughs> we would need to um, remember um, and make ourselves aware of the fact that not all the societies and companies and, and uh, countries in the world are that complacent as we are. So we think that having more free time is better. We think that we need to protect us from any risk in the world. We need to uh, regulate everything. So, and if we continue to do that, then we're going to slow ourselves down, Yeah, which is okay. Um, so of course, nobody needs more goods. Nobody needs more software. Nobody needs more food. But compared, relatively compared to, to the other competing nations and companies in the world, uh, we will fall behind. Um, so, and yeah, can we change that? I don't think we can change it really on a national level. What we can do is change it in our own life, change it in our own organizations, um, become more global. Um, and uh, maybe by this help um, get better again. Because in, in many disciplines, so be it in machinery, be it in cars, be it in software, um, we fell behind. So we're, we're not in the, in the top league anymore. Um, this, is, this is just facts. So this is not, well, an opinion. Um, so, and if we want to stay there, okay. Um, but if we want to regain the positions that we had, then we need to be more agile, more entrepreneurial, more risk-taking, more open. Um, do I really think that we're going to be that? Not really. So you said we not only need to change it in, uh, in companies, we need to also change it in our own life. So uh, what would you recommend someone in a... In a 20 year old job or like 20 years in the same job to to do and to to change uh many things first <laughs> thing is um no matter what you do um establish start your own business um not necessarily quitting your job but be at least partially part-time be an entrepreneur um, second, um, learn to speak English and to understand English, English as, as, as good as you can. Do not learn other languages. Don't, at, at least not for professional purposes. If you like the sound of it, it, Italian and, and French, nice. I do too. Um, and I do speak French, but um, today, really, Don't learn other uh, other languages. Um, what you need to learn is everything that you need to be an, an excellent human being. Excellent human being means um, you're able to manage yourself. You're able to lead yourself. You're able to to focus. You're able to to implement. Um, you are capable in communicating with other people, uh, commu communicating well. Um, you're, you, you show and you, you know how to do empathy. 
um, become an excellent human being and um, get or stay tech savvy. You need to be able to to work with to use the the, the contemporary and the, the future tools. Um, speaking of AI and robotics, um, be in the game. So I've I have several questions for that. The number one question is: I was I was thinking about a language uh, thing, and why shouldn't I learn uh, Chinese? Because uh, probably the the Chinese nation coming up and they get more and more important. Uh, so it could be that like uh, being able to speak Chinese is more important than, than English in a certain point. Or do you have a different opinion? I have a different opinion because first, um, um, have you tried to learn Chinese? It's super hard. <laughs> It's okay, good. So th there is there is a time investment attached to it, a major time investment attached to it, and even then you will not really be able to speak good yeah. uh, Mandarin. Um, second, um, an entire generation, a huge generation of Chinese people are learning English, and they do it easier with less effort more discipline so their english will be a lot better than your mandarin or chinese yeah. whatever um and the third reason um have you looked at uh, what the translation machines are doing yeah they're becoming better and better yeah yeah and on really on an exponential and an exponential speed um so I don't. I don't think you should waste your time with that. Yeah. There's. There's. There's more to learn. Um, that is more important. Yeah. Good point. And maybe another advice that I would. Uh, I would give. Um, learn to invest. Um, in terms of of old age provision. Um, there is. There is almost no real good education in school. Um, the only education that you get is, well, do as your parents did. Yeah. Um, the easiest way is um, just on a monthly basis, invest in an MSCI World ETF. Um, forget about it. Continue doing it for, for a couple of decades. Um, and it's going to be a lot better than saving somewhere else on a bank or on a bank account, um, which is obvious today. But uh, even 20, 30 years ago, um, this is a piece of advice that uh, many, many people should have gotten. Um, and they did. Yeah. And they don't teach it in school. And the other point you said, like, uh, you recommended to be an excellent person and you got a bit deeper into it, what you meant by it. But if I'm a young person and uh, freshly out of school, um, how can I learn to be an excellent person? How can I orient it, what it means or learn to what it means to be an excellent person? Um, let me, let me um, add why I think uh, the excellent percent thing is, is important because if we look at artificial intelligence, AI, everything that a human can do cognitively, AI can today or soon do better. Um, look at the physical things, everything that a human can physically do, the robots can today or soon do better. So what, what is left is uh, people 
using those tools, people developing those tools, people explaining those tools, and people interacting with other human beings. So uh, this is why I'm, why I'm saying to learn to become or to improve yourself in becoming uh, and being an excellent person is so important because that's what's left as a qualification. Um, yeah. How to do that? Uh, well, if you look at all what, what we used to call the soft skills, um, uh, what, one thing, if you, if you look at um, power of implementation, so you read something in a book, you hear something in a seminar, um, the, 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 the capability to really then do it is, is so obvious as a necessity uh, in qualification that we almost do not look at it. Um, we, we just keep thinking if there is a course on something, then it's enough. No, um, the, implement, the skills of implementation, which is self-management, self-control, discipline, um, sticking to goals, um, and again, being a good person in terms of reliability, dependability. Um, this is what we need to learn to to be to be um, well to to be a good partner, to be a good friend, to be a good coworker, um, to be a good employee, to be a good leader, be a good boss. Um, all those what I call or what we used to call the soft skills. All these are necessary to be an excellent human being. Because it's 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 a it's a like if you imagine you're like a young person and you don't have a real a real uh, imagination for that because school is not perfect to teach you that and maybe also your surroundings your social circle has not the best um, values in this sense. Um, do, would you have a recommendation as a role model or a book where a young person could um, orient on to to be sure that they go in the right direction and implement the right things? Well, the entire discipline of self-improvement uh, provides a plethora of books uh, and 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 uh, channels. Um, is there one I would I would recommend? Well, read Emotional Excellence um, as. The, the, the book um, read still interesting and still good um, Awaken the Giant Within by, by, by Tony Robbins yeah. um, read the book um, The One Thing The One Thing is a book about focus is about uh, focusing on really one thing at a time in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year, in a life. Um, read about uh, Atomic Habits Atomic Habits um, is another book um, that's that's really good for implementation skills, which means um, learn and train a habit that is so small that it's easy to learn it and to acquire that habit, and then stack another habit on it. Um, and the claim in the book is if you improve a 1% a day, then you're going to be 37 times better in a year. Yeah, and this, uh, books like that are helping people to become excellent humans. Yeah. And, and and of course, books about values and religion and meditation. Yeah. Da, da, da. But um, I think that 
the implementation skills. So do what you really decided to do. We all have good, uh, good resolutions for the new year, um, but we end uh, performing and we end pursuing them like in the third week of the year. Yeah. Um, and this is really a tragedy. So implementation skills is, I think, the best thing we can learn uh, because then we can implement a new habit, a new value, a new way to speak to people. Um, implementation skills is everything. Yeah. And always like what comes with it is to always check if you make progress and if you are on the right track and uh, never just live in the day. Always have an idea where you want to be in the future. Absolutely. Yeah, that's my that, that's my core message. Um, the the core message or the motto is have a bright future. Make sure that you work on something that's really um, that's really energizing you. Um, let's cite Elon Musk. I'm just trying to think about the future and not be sad. So he has made those visions for himself. Um, he um, set those visions for himself in order to have something to look forward to every single day. This is what gives him energy. This is what gives him power. And th this is what gives him focus to use the right, um, the, the, the right, well, cornerstones, puzzle pieces, whatever that he, that, that, that he comes across, um, in order to pursue this, this vision. Yeah. I wrote a book about that, that phenomenon. Um, the, the, the book is in, in, Uh, in, in German, the English translation has not yet uh, been published, but it's escape the short-term trap. Um, make sure that you can see your future self, your future me in front of you five years or ten years from now. And make sure that this future self is really emotionally important for you, um, which is ask yourself questions like, What do I, what is it that I do not want to regret in the future? What is it that I do not want to be ashamed of? Um, what is it that I want to be happy about? What is it that I want to be proud of? These are the questions that you should ask um, about your future self. And if you make the, the future, your future me important, then it's going to help you in the present day to make better decisions and to spend your time more wisely. Yeah, makes absolute sense. That's good advice. And also because young people say often, like, I don't really know what should I do and what should I focus on. Um, what my recommendation for that is, um, keep a open, a walk through the world with open eyes. Uh, there are so many problems in this world and then, um, find out which problem has the most meaning for you and you, you want to have it solved. Uh, with your with your soul and with your being and then focus exactly on that and try your best to to solve that whatever that means and learn about it and stay curious there's one element that needs to be added um, by the end of whatever march this quarter uh this summer june then do what seems to be the best thing that you that you found do not wait for the optimal thing do not wait for the optimal business for the optimal job for the optimal field of study um, 
make a decision that uh, you have time for a month or two, three or four, ten, but then do something and start your journey because you will never be absolutely sure that you found your thing and you will not you will never be absolutely sure that the world needs your thing and is going yeah. to pay for your thing yeah. so you need to make uh, to 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 set a date to set a deadline yeah yeah like how you said like uh, always uh, be rather do something than just wait or think Yes. So, because doing shows you the real thing, and then it, it's a it's a fine mix between um, keep trying, like don't give up because something works not on the first try. But if if the horse is dead, you're sitting on, you should um, step up and do something else. So right. this is a fine line in uh, in perspective to see uh, how to pivot. Pivot means how to change something what you do, and still keep the goal there or change the goal completely that's something you need to like decide in a in a in a retrospective on a certain um certain t always like like with a deadline and say okay until now what happened now do i really think from an outside perspective that's the right thing still so Pero, if you want to know more about you and learn more from you, what would you recommend um, to to go to? The easiest way would be to subscribe to either my German or my English YouTube channel. So Pero Micic, um, Leaders Foresight. Uh, this is the name of the channel. Um, same thing with podcasts um, on all the major platforms. And if you want to meet me live, um, there is a regular event that we do, which is the Leaders Vision Day. Uh, we do that event in seven cities uh, across the German-speaking countries. Um, and we will be doing it internationally in English-speaking countries as well. Leaders Vision Day, there is a um, URL with the same, um, with the same words, leadersvisionday.com. Um, as a last question before we uh, finish up the podcast, if you could go back in time and go to your, um, to your young self, to your 18 year old self, fresh out of school, um, what else or what exactly would you tell him? Well, uh, we've been talking about that already, um, in terms of, uh, financials, what you should learn. Um, I would, uh, I would recommend to speak to and to listen to older people. Um, I remember when I was younger, I thought that, or ha I had the impression that I already knew it all. Yeah. Um, that um, my perception on the world was was good was correct that i had a, a good mental representation of how the world works um and this is not the case so this is why why consulting and coaching can be so valuable because it is a it is an abbreviation it is a shortcut um it can save you years or decades um with uh, with better understanding the world. Again, um, if someone got the advice with uh, the age of 20 
um, do not invest in something else than in businesses, than in stocks. Um, and do it on a regular basis. Um, you got enough time to survive any crisis and any crash. Um, just keep on going. This is one sentence, maybe two. And this is um, invaluable. You cannot, you cannot really pay for that advice. Um, so speak to older people, interview older people um, with this question. What did you change in your perception about the world in the last 20 years? What did you learn? How, how are you seeing the world differently today? Um, yes, we are in a world where older people, for the first time really, can learn a lot from younger people. Yeah. But, but we haven't got out of that world where younger people can learn about the life experiences or learn from the life experiences of people who are 10, 20, 30 years older. Yeah. And if you do not have the parents um, who can give you the advice, look for substitutes. Not for, like, don't leave your parents, but um, make sure you speak to people um, and, and don't use it as an excuse that your parents were not able to help you and, yeah. and, and, and to consult with you. Um, go look for somebody else. Yeah. Most people are really happy to give advice. So check, uh, check for people they which have something you would like to have in the future and then talk to them how they got it and how they became right. uh, to it and then um, ask them. It, it can never hurt to ask, you know, even if they say, no, they don't have time. You try it and you, you have nothing to lose. Right. Cool. Perry, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. So it was to me. And uh, see you next time, guys. See you. Goodbye.